You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You know, you have to find your conviction. You have to do your homework. You have to think it through for yourself. And so you do have a conviction of some sort, not necessarily a, it's not a judgmental conviction, but it's like, well, based on how I'm understanding scripture on this particular issue within the, yeah. this range of context, you know, you have to think it through. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, episode 155. This morning, I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor Jose Avaroa. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning, Jose. And we're joined by the doctor. He's back, Dr. Carl Folingstad. Carl, thanks for being here. Taylor, always a pleasure. Oh, great to have you both. We are just on the final two weeks of yeah. the series we have been in for a few months now called Unashamed, looking at the book of Romans. And Jose, we'd love to give you the first word as we look at chapters 14 and 15. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad about mm-hmm. that personally. I've really enjoyed Romans and really I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversations, mm-hmm. Carl, offline. Um, I've shared this before, but Carl has been instrumental in helping me sift through uh, verse by verse and see what words, uh, what what words mean what, and more importantly, what is the passage actually saying um, in the context and then to us in 2023. And so 14 and 15, um, yeah, a lot to do with disagreements, closed-handed arguments versus open-handed arguments, how to disagree well. Mm-hmm. And I think also it is it is how to not argue. <laughs> if, if we know how to have healthy disagreements, it'll actually keep us from bigger disagreements. So I think this is good for many different purposes. Uh, before we jump in, love to talk about the context here because uh, one of the neat things about this series is I feel like every message in of itself could be a great standalone message and a truth that we need to hear. And yet it's brought into this broader book and right. even just this broader series that we're calling Unashamed. So I'd love to hear from both of y'all just kind of what do you think Paul's, uh, what was maybe some of the behind the scenes context leading into this? I know you touched a little bit about it on Sunday, but how does that kind of help us as we jump into these two chapters today to kind of talk through some of the context and how it's still relevant to us today? Day. Yeah, well, it, it's uh, that's a great question. Um, a lot of this, you can think of it almost as a church growth problem, and maybe like when you have different cultures coming together, because it's a Jew-Gentile situation. You've got Jewish culture and Greek culture coming into play. Both have been, you know come to saving uh, faith in Jesus, but they're from different cultures, and one's a traditional culture that has had the the Torah, the prophets, and the writings forever and ever, and they, you know, that's a that's a very big, big powerful and and godly thing. And then you've got a lot of Gentiles coming in from paganism. And so you got a cross-cultural thing. It reminds me a lot of what we see in like Muslim background believers, you know, they come to faith in Christ. Do they eat pork? Mm-hmm. Do they drink? Because in, in, in Islam, uh, you only get to drink wine in paradise. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, and then of course pork, you know, uh, of course they know they can eat pork, but culturally they just feel yeah. really bad about it, you know, and the Jews would have the same feeling, right? You know, I was just thinking on the way over here, you know, God gave Peter three visions 
uh, uh, well, the same vision three times in order to get over the Jewish right. dietary laws. For Peter to yes. get over the right. Jewish dietary exactly. laws. Exactly. So this yeah. was a huge, you know, because it's very yeah. deep because it was in the Torah. They were thinking they were disobeying God if they if they ate this stuff, right? So it's not a, like a light matter. It's like huge. So that's why I think God gave a revelation like that in order to free it up. Because think about it, table fellowship. If we can't fellowship over the table, Jews and Gentiles... You know, what would that mean for church fellowship? Right. You know, because you right. just have to separate and stuff yeah. like that. I love the the big, beautiful picture that this paints, that all are welcome. Every yes. culture is welcome mm-hmm. around the Lord's right. table to right. fellowship, to be communi- a community. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing for me personally is we have to make sure to sift, to filter our cultural experience through the gospel of Jesus and what still fits, what doesn't fit. And, you know, I come from, you know, a Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 has its thing. But I would ask, you know, anybody listening, what would you say is your culture? You know, what are some things that maybe have stayed the same? What are some things that you no longer do? Um, you know, this goes into this first point of finding conviction um, that that may have changed because of Jesus. That's the point. Both Jews and Gentiles, both uh, the, the you know, weak <laughs> and right. strong, which mm-hmm. was very helpful to understand that's able to eat anything, unable to eat anything, able to worship any day, unable to worship any other day besides Saturday in, in the context. Mm-hmm. Um, how, can, how can we also join in that process of filtering these things through, through, through the gospel? Someone, someone just listening right now or even just reading the first few verses in this chapter 14 may be wondering, okay, what is this about food? Or what, you know, you, you mentioned this idea of culture and kind of trying to sift through or filter through, but I'd love to just kind of ask first, how do you discern open hand versus closed hand issues? Because I know this week we're mostly talking about disagreeing as saints on right. open hand issues, right. but just even how do we start, especially for a newer believer that's maybe trying to look and they're, they're reading the Bible and yet there's some things in the Bible, even in the New Testament that can kind of be like, wait, is that what we're supposed to be doing? So and- Paul doesn't contradict himself. The word of God doesn't contradict itself. And so we need to read and know God's word. And so you can take this out of context and say, oh, this is talking about what a family should look like, male-female relationships, things like that. Well, it's obviously not because look at the other messages that we've been covering in the book of Romans. That 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 message is clear in the greater context. So it is important to know what the word says about fill in the blank, whatever thing, you know. So if we take, for example, um, the divinity of Jesus, the the hypostatic union, is that it? Oh, right? Is that, is that My the- My just went pitter-patter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that God, that Jesus was fully God and, and fully man. Yes. You know, that that's a close- that's a close-handed yes. issue. The Bible is clear that Jesus was fully God and fully mm-hmm. man, that the sacrifice that could wash away our sins had to be a divine, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a close-handed issue. So it really depends on what issue you want uh-huh. to take. Where would be, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like I know on our website, on the church, we have values as right. a church that we do see as close-handed issues. Would that be a good place Absolutely. to start for, yeah. for yeah. people? Or where would they yeah. go to kind of just even learn more about what are those closed-hand versus Community open-hand? Community group would be a great place mm-hmm. to do that. 
and mm. uh, reach out to Dr. Carl Fallingstad <laughs> with <laughs> all complex questions. <laughs> well, and this, no, but really reach out to me. I'm I'm, I'm more than happy to answer those. Yeah, questions the themes as of well. the sermons and right. how how things are presented. That's a huge part because uh, as, as Jose put himself underneath the scripture physically yeah. uh, during the sermon, is showing that he's under the authority of scripture. Mm. That's actually a very very important question because some people think that uh, these unity discussions. Um, they bring in stuff that, uh, as you made very clear in the sermon, I thought that was super, is that, you know, we're not talking about basics of the faith, like mm -hmm. you said, uh, you know, the divinity of Christ or something. That's that's an issue you'd have with a, non, a non-believer and, and, and deal, you know, in an evangelistic type of way. But a lot of people conflate the two. And so I, I remember even from my background, people would say, well, unless you, you know, embrace all sorts of things that are like, you know, the old ecumenical movement of, you know, Okay, let's just say that we all love Jesus. Jesus is a great guy. He's a great moral teacher. But, uh, you know, we don't believe in the divinity of Jesus. You do. That's fine. No problem. Because unity is very important. Well, that's one that you, that's a hill you need to die on, mm. actually. So, but, but the ones in here he's talking about, these are deep felt convictions, convictions. but they're not hills to die on yeah, in terms right. of your faith. And and I think we're professionals at making mountains out of molehills. So we have right. the we have the opposite yep. problem uh, uh, sometimes as well, where we yeah. make uh, a minor argument into a major argument. Right. But in this case, you're talking about a major argument right. being made into a minor, minor. Yes, argument. Yes, yeah, yeah. You can so. you can err in so many different right. ways, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that came up even in my community group conversation about this last night was just this idea uh, going into the second point here that we are to pass on grace and not judgment. Jose, the question that you asked us was, do I tend to lean towards judgment or curiosity. I think, I just think back to even times in college or earlier where I'd, I'd be so, I'd really enjoy or just prefer to have a debate about, oh, let's talk about an open hand issue than actually start to look into, okay, what are the areas that God is showing me that he's wanting me to address or wanting me to grow in? And so it's much easier to judge or uh, just debate with someone else about an issue like that. So, so how do we uh, just kind of continue to keep judgment in check? Because there's that whole idea of there's discernment that is good and then there's judgment. So how do y'all kind of uh, just personally even uh, discern between those two? One thing that goes along with that is something that you just modeled. You're wanting to have this debate, but then you're asking the question, God, what are you teaching me? So you start with yourself. You don't start with the other person. True discernment really starts internally first inside me. Well, what is what do I believe? What is God? Do, do my actions align with my beliefs, or is there a discrepancy there between how I act and what I what I'm saying? And so, if it starts internally, then you should have a pretty sober, honest view of yourself. Mm -hmm. I know I, I need I, I constantly want to be self aware, <laughs> whereas judgment often starts. Outside, right. you know, what Jesus said. Why do you, you know, uh, look at the speck in your neighbor's eye when you have a blank in your own eye? So start internally, start with me, and, and then flow, allow it to flow from there. Right, and I, I think uh, part, of, part of that is um, just looking how, um, uh, just how to find, you know, the conviction, find your conviction. Where do you get that? Do you get that from feelings? I'm afraid that's not a very good answer because mm -hmm. cults have feelings. You know, they say, don't think, just feel. Mm -hmm. um, that's basically, you know, a cultic kind of uh, presentation of, 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 of uh, fellowship. Message, but, yeah. but yeah, so in other words, what, the way you said it, you know, you have to find your conviction. You have to do your homework. You have to think it through 
for yourself. And so you do have a conviction of some sort, not necessarily, a, it's not a judgmental conviction, but it's like, well, based on what, uh, how I'm understanding scripture on this particular issue within the, you know, yeah. this range of context, I'm going, I'm going to, you know, you have to think it through. Christianity is not a lazy man's religion. It really isn't. Because even, you know, our Muslim friends, they, they just want to be told what to do sometimes. They don't want to think about, well, why would you do that? You know, or why wouldn't you not do that? Just give me the rules. And even some of us, you know, just give me the rules. I don't want to know why. I don't want to think it through. I just want to do something or not do something. And so um, really, you know, that, uh, that whole issue, Paul's saying you have to think through why you're doing something. Because if you don't do it from faith, it's a sin to you. It's yeah. like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is maybe a loaded question, but how, you know, you've mentioned this, Carl, both of y'all have said this before, but but not everything in the Bible is easy and what we yes. want to hear. So mm-hmm. how do the two of you just even continue to press in mm-hmm. when there's certain uncomfortable truths that you're reading and there's conviction there and you know that's the right thing to do and yet our flesh just straight up doesn't want to do it? It's a balance mm-hmm. because you just said sometimes we need to think it through mm-hmm. and not just obey Blindly, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I think for me, I've I've learned how because before I would not believe because really I was judging God. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought that my way was better, mm-hmm. or I thought, Lord, if you're if you're loving, then this can't be true of you. Well, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, Scripture clearly says that Job and in other right. places as well, where who are we to to test the living God, right? right. And so mm-hmm. taking that posture of humility, of submission, mm-hmm. I've learned then I, I start to understand, right. oh, mm-hmm. this is why. Yeah. But it takes time. Right. It's not, it's not, I wish it was just a, hey, can I Google this real quick and get the answer? <laughs> you know, um, I can ask, I think in fellowship, it, it works really well when you're in a community mm-hmm. group or with people that, that, that do, are, are further along mm-hmm. the road, you get to understand more, but it is a, it is a journey mm-hmm. and that's how it's worked for me. Yeah. And uh, you just have to always be aware of your own bias, you know, mm-hmm. Culturally speaking, you know, I found, you know, having lived overseas more of my life than being in the States, you know, you can kind of see where culture comes into play. Uh, you know, we're all we're all kind of like we got that temptation to syncretism, we call it, where you mix your culture and and your religion and your faith in Christ. And it's easy to see like overseas, like, you know, maybe the what is it? The Black Mary, you know, they the. In uh, Spain. In Spain and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you, you can yeah. see it's like, oh, wow, how could they ever do that? But, you know. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, look at our own culture, how we bring it into the church and mix it in. And, you know, some of that, you know, it's scripture that helps us distangle that yeah. along with the bo- body of Christ in obedience to scripture. Yeah. So it's not an easy task because you gotta, you always got to, you know, we're syncretizing individuals all the time. Yeah, that's you know? interesting. Even within Christianity, to your point, the Catholic Church in Spain, mm-hmm. I think about the Greek Orthodox Church when I've gone mm-hmm. to Thessaloniki in Greece, it's easy to judge. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. man, you're getting duped, right, right. you know? <laughs> But then actually looking inwards and, mm-hmm. and, and saying, whoa, where, where are my blind spots? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where, where am I allowing culture to dictate right. truth versus the Word of God or, you know, Holy Spirit conviction mm-hmm. dictating mm-hmm. truth in my own life? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I love how uh, later in the message, Jose, and later in this passage, we get into not just that this decision is between us and God, but it even involves other people and how we we bring other people in, how we relate to other people. This third point here is just building up sacrificially. The question is, do my words and actions build up yeah. or tear down? We'd love to just, for y'all to speak to that as far as just what even the role of maybe certain open hand issues when it starts to relate to other people, because some people can have very strong convictions that go against their neighbor or go against the believer that's right next to them. So, so how do, how do they keep that in check? How do we as believers make, you know, factor in uh, this role of community, this role of the church as well? Well, partly to me, um, initially, you have to have kind of a mindset of, of this is going to be uh, uh, sacrificial. You said, yeah. you know, b- yeah, build up sacrificially, up sacrificially because yeah. it is giving up something, right. you know, because it's part of our problem with culture is that we're not used to that. Maybe we're not used to that food. We're not used to that language. We're not used to that way of doing things. And so we don't like it. And it, it makes us uncomfortable to have to put ourselves inside that situation and kind of go with it. You know, I remember sitting through three-hour services in northern Nigeria and going, Lord, this is, you're this is growing me. You're yeah. growing me. Even though it was a lot of, you know, because there's a lot going on, it's actually a, it's a big it's deal. It's not boring. It's not boring. No, no, it's a lot going on. But so, uh, especially when it was in the trade language as opposed to the language we were working on, it was like, why are we having this foreign language inside the church when it was supposed to be the indigenous language? So that, you know, I had I had to sit through three hours of other language stuff that we weren't working on at the time. So it was a very um, sanctifying time. But, you know, the, the idea, I need to be there uh, as an as a, as a elder sort. Uh, I had to be there. And even though it was uncomfortable, uh, I had to get, you know, the Lord helped me get over it and just realize it was a commitment to Him. But all sorts of things like that when you're yeah. doing cross-culturally and Greek and Gentile and just other people's perspectives on things, just being able to sit back and say, okay, you know, that might not be my best choice, but let me go with it because it's building up and glorifying. Because if we get all fussed up in the church about this stuff, the world sees this and say, "How you know?" They, yeah, they were supposed to be known by their love, right. but look at them all. You know, they're like you said, they split over the what the color of the carpet. The color you know, of the carpet on the walls. That quote that yeah. Jesus said also, "A house divided cannot stand." Yes. And he's yeah. now refuting the idea that he's he's not of the enemy. He's right. he's of God. The, the Pharisees were hitting him at that. But mm-hmm. the same can be true with with God's house. Mm-hmm. If we are divided, mm-hmm. then how can we stand together, focused on our actual mission, <laughs> which is not about uh, us. Yeah. It's, it's about building up the church which is a collective group of people to invite others that are not in, yeah. hey, c- come on in. And so that's mm-hmm. that's this idea is it's really not about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. I build up sacrificially because, you know, uh, I'm poured into by the Lord. Um, it's important to have a community group, a group of people around you that are pouring mm-hmm. into you um, so that we can pour out mm-hmm. and invite others in as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting with these, you know, these kind of issues that in the passage is talking about, you know, deep-seated f- uh, cultural beliefs about how to follow uh, Christ better. Um, uh, it's 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 very. Uh, you need to uh, uh, remember this is the. Uh, when he says that, don't make a stumbling block. Yeah. Don't set a, and, and that's scandalizo. That's actually, you know, you could make somebody leave following Jesus because they say boy, you guys are way too loose with what you're doing or way too tight with what you're doing, perhaps. But I mean, it's in the context, you know, it's a serious issue how how we're able to do this because the world sees, but also those believers inside, uh, the word stumbling block means you don't want somebody to leave the faith because Mm -hmm. of these issues. 
you know, and just that process, how would, you know, how would that work that the fact that we can't agree on, you know, this or that or other thing makes somebody get exasperated and leave the faith. So that's kind of what Paul's saying, you know, don't put, don't let your arguments Mm -hmm. uh, exasperate new believers and and others, you know, seekers coming in uh, so that they they say, what's with this? I wonder how many, because he doesn't say talk about these things. He's talking about a posture. I wonder what the communication was like. What would what would your take be, Carl, in this passage? Were were they a a well connected, you know, uh, community, or or was there a lot of gossip? Was there a lot of back channeling going on in the church? Any any thoughts there? Well, I'm <laughs> I'm sure of it. Being human people. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, you look at all the house fellowships Paul's going to greet at the end of the letter. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of networks. There's a lot of mini, it was like, probably like, you know, it was Our all the community groups. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Exactly what I was thinking. So many different places, so many different sizes, so many different, you know, f- uh, f- foci or focuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, there would be a lot of uh, uh, chatter. chatter, yeah, back chatter, yeah. front chatter. Because that's what I wanted to, to close with is this is, why it's so important for us to have this conversation and for us to talk about. We can think a lot of different things in our own mind. We can talk, but it, but if we're not addressing it in the right way, then uh, we, we can do some harm yeah. that we're maybe not even intending in doing. And so I love how scripture protects us. I love how scripture guides us. And in this case, sometimes even rebukes us. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't say that. If it, what, what, what does every mom say? If it's not, you know, positive, then just don't say, if you're not gonna say anything good, then don't say anything at all, yeah. right? And and so in this case, Paul is saying, hey, let's, let's build each other up. Yeah. Let's have this conversation. And the ultimate message in this incredible series next week, we'll, we'll close it. And so again, thanks Carl and Taylor for this awesome conversation. Thank you also, it's a privilege. Thanks for listening to the Conversations Podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.